0: I think that's important, especially not only knowing who you want to be, but choosing who you want to deal with. (laughs) Or who you don't want to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than someone who's going to fight you tooth and nail when you're just trying to help. Welcome to the Get Wired Podcast,
1: presented by CED Vero Beach. Join us as we make new connections, share our outlooks on business as well as life, and provide a new look at the wholesale electrical supply
0: industry from the inside out. This
1: is the Get Wired Podcast. Here's
0: your host, Mike Burkhardt.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Get Wired Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. It's Nick or Nicholas Richardson. He's a first year management trainee for now. But uh, tomorrow is actually his last day here at C D Vero Beach before he moves on to Carrollton, Georgia. That's not right?
0: No. Atlanta, you?
1: Georgia. You're going to Atlanta? hmm why, why did Carrollton get thrown out there?
0: I don't know where you got Carrollton. No, it's Hotlanta. Hotlanta. The ATL. Deep into it. Yeah, I'll be working in Norcross.
1: Norcross. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why I thought it was Carrollton. So, we're off to a great start. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Nick went to the University of Florida and graduated in what year? I graduated in 2016. Okay. And then what did you do between working at uh, the University of Florida and getting
0: on board with CD? It's funny. I graduated, um, so back in 2016, I was currently working at a Wingstop. I went there before I graduated, you know, kind of a little side gig, you know, get a couple dollars a week or every paycheck just to get by, graduated college, interviewing all over the place because I graduated with a political science degree,
1: hmm.
0: completely unrelated. <laughs> and then, so I was interviewing with the Senate and interviewing with the House, and I tried to get with the Department of Defense, and, every, you know, just nothing seemed to hit. Uh, even the interviews I had just didn't seem to hit. Nothing was sticking. I was, all oh, i going to go to law school. So then I started working at the courthouse, and that was for a whole year before I got to C D. So what? Why did you
1: get a poli sci degree? Why, what was your motivation there? I was gonna be a lawyer. You want to be a lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> why, why would you want to be a lawyer? Why
0: would you want to be a lawyer? Huh? I had that idea that I was just gonna say something in the courtroom and then throw every you know throw my pencil down, boom, and walk out. He won. Yeah. Once I got to the courthouse, it was my it might have been the most boring procedures I've ever seen in my life. Yeah,
1: given my recent experience with attorneys, I can't imagine that it would be anything uh anything enjoyable. And that's just from like a strictly construction law perspective. It's just I I don't see that as being like a fun, exciting thing. You're always you're always seeking either damages or like going after somebody. Like there's always like tension and,
0: and drama. Like that's kind of the whole thing. And you did you feel any uh like would say shade towards you from the defense's attorney during your deposition like did you feel them like I'm gonna get you with this one
1: uh I'd rather not go into Uh, the details things that things that are still going on but no it was those were those were interesting experiences you know I'm glad I'm glad they took place and uh just just to clear things up it had nothing to do with with me Mike Burkhardt it was really just like a (laughs) like a procedural issue that we were dealing with uh that I got involved in but um no, it just, it didn't strike me as something, like, I always try to put myself in the situation of, like, you know, what is the court reporter's life like? Like, what is, uh. what is this person's life like, you know? And, like, like is that a, a fun career or, like... And the court reporter idea. I was more like, how long until this job doesn't exist anymore? You know, like she's typing notes about what we're saying, but there's definitely technology that can pick up my voice and your voice, and
0: yes, and transcribe it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I had the back end, and I became friends with all the court reporters. Right, and they have interesting lives. They're almost like flight attendants. They're always flying out to this case, or um, you know, driving out here, getting put up in hotels. I'm like, is there not, you know, one available? Apparently it's in high demand, and what what they would the interesting part about how they record they actually use the machine to pick it up. You know what I mean? They're not actually typing everything. Right. She was recording it as we were talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they'll go back and refill like things that they missed or get people's names, and so it's you know it's kind of inefficient when you think about it. But
1: and it's like a special machine they're typing mm-hmm. on too. They're writing in code to begin with. They're shorthand. Um, but yeah I, I'm always looking at that like when I pull into a development I'm always like trying to break down each business that's there like when you go to like a strip mall or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. you know how is this business like if their rent I'm assuming their rent is $2,000 a month and their utilities are blah 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 like how do they make enough GP to <laughs> GP. to stay in business you know what I mean whether it's a restaurant on the
0: corner or like a Liquid Lumber Dators. I mean I know they say what more than half businesses that are created don't Aren't successful and they're gone within a couple of years.
1: Oh, it's like ninety percent. Ninety percent. So most
0: people don't think about GP. They just go, "Did I make more than the dollar I spent?" Right. And then they it starts catching up on the back end. And so I would see that in the courthouse. I would see people getting sued for everything and anything, man. Um, so you worked in a courthouse for how long? About a year and a couple months. Okay. And that was long enough. That was long enough. What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? I had a lot of access, man. You know. <laughs> I can't go you know, can't go into detail about what i can see but you had access to everything um like you could pull records of course yeah mm-hmm. and and if you just like a little bit of uh you know not drama but just <laughs> access to to get your day along you could look that up but you know when you got that kind of ability you see a lot of horrible stuff as well i'm sure i'm sure mm-hmm. in my in my only encounters with uh,
1: jury duty you just I've only had a few of them, you know, knock on wood, but, um, it's just, it's, it's, you always see this side of the world that hopefully you're never involved in personally, but it's like, it lets you know that it is out there and it's happening every day. And, um, it's kind of scary when you think about it, you know, even in a town like Vero Beach, I've I've had Jerry duty twice here and I have to renew my driver's license. So I'm going to have it a third time. I'm pretty sure that's how they get you. Did Um, you sit in? Uh, one time I got all the way to like the, the jury selection part. Mm-hmm. My thing is I just started asking really specific questions and they're always like, hey, we
0: got to get this guy out of here. He's going to be trouble. Yeah. They go for, I watched jury selection of the highest cases, the tobacco trials, uh, where they took, you know, millions of dollars and they went through 50 years of advertising and yeah. They they want the most average person they can find. Absolutely, someone who could be swayed. They don't want anybody who has a mind of their own.
1: Yeah, definitely not anybody on either side of like the poles. You know, they want you right there at the equator. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, can be pushed in either direction. Yeah. It's an art. Like watching the lawyers go through and they're making notes and they got like the roster where they're trying to build and stuff like that's an art.
0: I've um, seen as far as a whole team coming in, yeah. as in one guy is searching through everybody's social media. And then I've also seen where uh, they will have a lawyer come in just for the questioning. Like, they won't even have anything to do with the trial. The case come in for questioning, called call Void Yeah. and then they're gone.
1: Yeah. And then that's their whole specialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that's interesting about that life is, like, they do have very specialized uh, talents. You know, somebody is very specifically involved in this type of law or does, you know, like that Void that dire thing or... um. Or you know it it is very compartmentalized and you get a lot of specialization. Whereas in our industry, like everyone's people tend to graduate, gravitate towards different things. But overall, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades. You know, we're not selling out of the Leviton catalog. We're selling out of every catalog that's on the shelf. So we have to know and be able to switch gears between you know lighting
0: gear, all that kind of stuff. It kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit. It does, man. But you can you can find your niche here though, and you can run with it. You know, you got a couple people. Who only want to talk about gear? They, yeah. they they'll call oh there's one person he knows about it. let me talk to him or he's my trusted advisor in lighting let me let me get with him. So then, how how has your experience been going
1: from such a courthouse environment to uh, the, the exciting beautiful world of electrical supply?
0: <laughs> it's an exciting world specifically here at CED Hill Beach. Man it's it's crazy because you have your designated paths like lawyer <laughs> doctor. Yeah. Even when some people go, don't go to college. Go get into a go get into trades. Right. Well, here we are, not really following a path with the trades, but not really a trade. Kind of sales, but you know, it's not as forced. It's more of these people need it. So everything about this is fresh and brand new. You don't really have anyone pushing. Oh, electrical supplies or electrical distributors, or anything lighting gear that you just don't hear about it. So I feel like it, it kind of surprised me in life. You know, here's an opportunity. Are you gonna grab it? Grabbed it, <laughs> moved away, learned literally from the ground up. Every like, there's not a single thing that I could think of that I would have known a year ago.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it. Um, I didn't even know this industry existed at all. Mm-mm. Never even thought about. Or, or honestly. It's how naive I was, I didn't know that supply houses, period, existed. I didn't know there was a plumbing and a HVAC. Like, it's just, if you're not in that world, <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't think about it. You don't care when you call the guy to come fix your, your AC or whatever. You don't care where he's going to get it. You just care that he shows up on time and uh, fixes what he needs to fix. You know, I
0: assume he's going to Home Depot or whatever. But I think it's crazy that there. I didn't really know about the industrial sides of town. Like, entire sides of town <laughs> that you just don't go to because... Uh, no know, purpose he has no purpose and then and I don't know why but now since working in this business I see work vans a lot more and I yeah. I read the side I've never done that in my life or what work, work truck
1: so that's called your reticular activating system mm-hmm. your RAS so when the more you think about something the more you see it and that's why I always talk about how we need to as a group here we need to be focused on you know opportunities instead of problems like even if you just make that little switch in your head all of a sudden you won't see problems. You'll start seeing opportunities to better yourself, to improve yourself. And you wanna see, um, you wanna always be thinking about like, you know, bigger customers, bigger jobs, the next opportunity to add value. And then all of a sudden you'll start noticing these work vans and these things out there because it's like when you buy a new car. This is the classic Tony Robbins example. Mm-hmm. When you buy a new car, say so you buy like a, a, a Honda Civic or whatever. <laughs> I know and then all of a sudden, everybody you see it everywhere. Be, mm-hmm. Whereas before, you never noticed that everybody had it. Or maybe in the weeks, you know you're going to buy this exact car, and in the weeks leading up to it, all of a sudden, you see it everywhere on the street. Even though there's not all of a sudden all these new cars. It's just that your reticular activating system is alert and aware to that this is what you're looking for. So, therefore, you start seeing it everywhere
0: i want to give that one a nickname like just because i thought it was so original with my car as soon as i as soon as i drove it off i saw three more i feel like it brings you back you know humbles you
1: same color same Same color
0: same (laughs) same everything
1: yeah i mean that's that's the trick of it though and so many people don't take the time to like really think about and curate what it is they want to see in the world there or they're oftentimes what's really scary is you thinking about what they don't want to see and guess what? It works the same either way. If you don't if you don't want to see, um, if you're always thinking about what you don't want to see, sorry, man, you're going to see that. Because your reticulator activating system is, oh, he's putting a lot of presence and effort into this subject matter or this one thing. We're going to show it to him. We're going to bring it out in the universe. We're going to be that car driving on the road that you never noticed before. But um, So it's really important to always be focused on things that you want to have happen and things that you expect to go well in your life so that you can find them in the world. Because otherwise, you're either at the whim of the universe or you're you're going to get a lot of things that you're not expecting because you're thinking about them in the wrong way.
0: Tell me that term one more time. It's the
1: reticular activating system.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now, I do know there are some things that are tricky. Uh, you ever notice that once you start, let's say, working in this industry, yeah. that your ads start to change?
1: Your ads? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: on your phone? Yeah, Because yeah, yeah, you're Google. <laughs> but googling at work, I might have logged in on the email once, and yeah. then now they got me. Now they're now they're shooting ads at me.
1: Well, if you're using Chrome at all, I mean that that's what it, Google used to be a search engine, and now they are the internet. You know, mm-hmm. like they were like, well, we're not getting all the traffic. Let's just figure out a way to get all the traffic. Oh, all you have to do is knock out Internet Explorer. Mm-hmm. How hard was that?
0: <laughs> Easy. man. <laughs> Uh, easy but man the internet's changing so fast they're getting they're getting better they're getting integrated which which leads me to believe like this industry's got to transform it has to it's prime for disruption right Mm -hmm. let's say if amazon or a big you know seller ebay whatever reseller or manufacturer partners up i mean they have the ability to change the game they could have they could offer in the same way you know Amazon bought Whole Foods and now they drop ship food to you or uh, next day air or same day delivery. If, if it's in a big enough uh, you know city, I feel like it could bleed into other industries.
1: So let's talk about this because I think this is something I think about all the time, and it's actually one of the reasons I created this podcast was to try to stay one step ahead of getting disrupted by some Amazon or mm-hmm. some whatever entity it is by sharing ideas. So. Dig a little deeper what are you what are your thoughts on the matter
0: um well like I like the sharing ideas part just because I like to think of ideas as a wealth of like a well they never run out hmm. instead of you giving up a good idea and thinking they're never gonna have another one again but I really believe that you'll see uh somewhere down the line of an a, a conglomerate teaming up with the manufacturer and set up business to business for business to consumer yeah. you'll start to see them drop shipping You'll see people, uh, you know, they'll have instant access to where is this material located as opposed to waiting for someone else to respond to them. They'll just have more, more availability. And I mean, you even see our company going online a little bit, making, um, making it available to pay your, you know, your, your bills or invoices or check products.
1: So with regards to specifically Amazon, uh, Travis Roland out of um, Mercedes Electric down south of Miami just sent out an article from TED Magazine I was reading the other day. Um, and if you're not familiar with TED, it's the electricaldistributor.com or .org, whatever. It's pretty pretty good. Uh, but this article was about how, um, you know, as people get younger in the industry, uh, they're going to want to be more online or using their phones and stuff to an extent mm-hmm. because, um, the whole the whole premise of the of the article was that yeah we're willing to spend it's about risk so you're willing to risk five dollars on a starbucks coffee to order it online and to go pick it up at the store but you're not willing to risk you know three or four hundred dollars on a custom made suit to go pick it up at the store you really you really want to go there and have the experience of somebody tailoring you out and taking all your measurements and spending time with you to walk you through the process to make sure that the suit's right because it's A, something that's going to represent you as a company or as a person, and B, it's just a lot more money than a $5 cup of coffee. Like the article literally said, I wish I knew who wrote it because I want to give him credit, but the article literally said, um, you know, if if the Starbucks order gets messed up, big deal, you're either out five bucks or you have to go ask him to remake it. If the suit gets messed up, you're probably buying a new suit Mm -hmm. um, because you're you're probably responsible for the measurements you're putting in there. So in our industry, I think we're much more on the latter side of things. There's a lot of commodity type items or very simple part numbers you could put in an amazon and get a price on right away and order it maybe be cheaper maybe better service or delivery but for the overall arching part that the contractor's looking at it's it's a really complicated and specialized and b very expensive so they're not they're not going to be as willing to put their money into those things uh, at least that that was this journalist's
0: perspective yeah
1: i thought that was pretty interesting you know
0: i'd say it would only hold true as long as the innovation isn't uh better so right i mean people weren't building panels on se advantages forever that that probably just came about so if if it's easier to build what you need and get what you need and it comes in correct you know for instance what you said that would appeal to my dad but someone of a younger age I just bought a pair of pants online <laughs> because I know if I go to the store, I'm yeah. not going to find what I need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I'm in the same situation. I have very specific inseams
1: and waist mm-hmm. proportions and they're hard to find in stores. But I you just, can... I was just on haggard.com yeah. <laughs> and uh, the last like two I'm wearing <laughs> of course, yeah. man,
0: you had the, the sustainable Chino yeah. is my, my go-to. I had to go on there and get the correct inseam and waist cause I bust pants through the store all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean that's that's a an example of where you the internet is helpful, and you have something that's that's not going to be found in a supply house. And we we do that all the time. We source things online and, and then call the vendor, or just straight up buy them online and get them in here and uh, and move on
0: with their lives. Um, hey, what's your thought on the uh, you know the larger CDs who who have uh, barcodes on everything and scan in and out their products?
1: What are my thoughts in regards to what? Like, what do you think?
0: Like, you like that idea? Oh yeah, I heard? think
1: it's um, it's inevitable. That that's coming for sure, whether we want it to or not. I mean, that's just an inventory control system that's that's far superior than having humans relying on their knowledge and experience to make sure they're pulling the right item and, um, and that the quantities they're receiving and and even an inventory, especially, you just scan it, you punch the number in, and it automatically logs it. I mean, if you think about how many inventories you go to where there's. Uh, variance issues that may or may not be caught simply due to the people entering the count sheets make a mistake or skip a line, now their the whole row's off. I and mean, that happens all the time. Um, so anytime, anytime you get a chance to reduce human error and get it directly entered into the computer without more people touching it, I'm all about that.
0: Man, I, I was just at um our competitor. We won't say their name, but... Yeah, uh, here in town? Yeah, here in town. Is it a and- big blue building? I just a terrible place, you know. Slow people, yeah. Uh, just environments dirty, people are disgusting, stale, stale smells. (laughs) Uh, but (laughs) the things I the notes I did take while I was there, I noticed little things here and there that they had handheld um pads to scan items in quickly, yeah. And I was wondering, you know, what how would you facilitate that? Is there an entire system you have to do? Could you integrate that into net? Oh,
1: yeah. There's a whole system that uh, does exist right now, and you can do it. You can use it. Um, even when you do – I've never actually seen it in play, but even when you're, I was doing the um, inventory observation a couple weeks ago in Sarasota, there's like a whole section of the inventory observation packet for uh, locations that are on – I can't remember what it's called. It's like Legion or Allegiant or something like that the barcode system. It's like a whole separate component. So I know that they already have plenty of stores that are using it. Otherwise, they wouldn't put it in every single um, observation packet. But it, it's coming. I mean, if you think about our store having just moved to shelf labels since Susan started <laughs> working here, um, I, I believe two things. A, you should make it really easy for people to find material. That's that's a given. Make it alphanumeric and super clean and, and e- easily organized. But B, you want people to be thinking when they're pulling an order. Like, so... You know, we don't want the Amazon pickers that are under a budget of time to to run out there and they have flashing lights at the items they are supposed to pick in order of the most effective way to pick it. Um, you know, that's, that's on one extreme. They don't have to know what they're picking. Is that a thing?
0: Oh, yeah. Flashing lights?
1: Yeah, like they get a list of things. CVS at the CVS distribution warehouse, they do the same thing. They'll get a list of material and it'll like flash a light by the bin number bin location where they're supposed to go first and like it's in the right order and everything like that and i can deep dive with you i've, I've thought about like ar goggles you could put on that tell you like walking you around your warehouse on the most efficient way to pull an order with arrows on the ground and lighting up the thing in front of you and we could go crazy with that <laughs> oh, we could but uh- <laughs> but i want human beings that are aware and are intelligent and quite frankly are, are awake and paying attention. So that they can notice like, hey, this doesn't belong in this box. This is three quarter when it's supposed to be one inch and everything else I'm pulling is one inch. What is this even doing here? And be like, well, this isn't in the right place. Or, you know, I just want people that are aware and, and like actually going out there and, and being involved in the process of maintaining a warehouse versus... Versus just a robot or a human acting like a robot,
0: which is even worse. I feel like there is discretion. I mean, if you're, you know, human, you're aware, you got lights blinking. Unless you're on a timer and you're worried about getting to that time, I think you could be able to see it for the fastest track, see what's in the box and have an idea. But, I mean, if you have that, you're definitely getting the lowest skills. You're getting the lowest wages of people.
1: Very low and, and lots of turnover. Mm-hmm. Because anybody can do it, and it's very low wage. It's um, you know, it's high pressure, but it's very low wage. And I think that um, anytime, like, say you go out there and there's supposed to be fifteen or something, but there's only eight. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had somebody that that was just an order picker, they would just pull the two that they needed or whatever and move on. But if you have somebody like me who goes out there, or you, or any of the team downstairs hopefully any anyway, of the team, they go out there and they, they know it's supposed to be 15. There's eight. Yeah. They're going to come back in with the two that the customer needed and be like, Hey man, we're missing seven of these somewhere, or we over received them or whatever, because they're involved. We're taught, we're tied in, you know, and you mentioned a couple other things about the competition here in town. And I agree, we shouldn't say their name. Um, but because that would be bad. Um, but you we got to have nice facilities. We got to make it like a special place where people can come in and have a, an enjoyable experience. We talked about this last week at the new manager roundtable. It's like like we literally had a customer come in today just
0: to use our bathroom. No way. And then leave. Man, people will come in, make jokes, laugh, eat food, and then tell us about their family life. <laughs> you know, drink, get, yeah. get water, get Gatorade soda. Start their day with
1: coffee from our machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are that third space between their home and their job and like Starbucks, that's his whole mission. And uh, and with that, we it's a lot of responsibility, you know, it's, it's a lot of upkeep and it, and we have a lot of things that we do to keep it interesting and fresh all the time. But yeah, I mean, we're, we've had people that come in here on their days off when they're not even working just to hang out, like employees or or customers. Because we've created this environment where it's like, man, if I'm not here for a couple of days, I kind of miss it. You yeah. know?
0: I mean, you ever think about it, man? We're their bank. We're their storage facility. Yeah. We're their brain sometimes, a lot of times.
1: We're their delivery system, their whole logistical. Mm-hmm. You know, we, a lot of times, sometimes it's kind of scary. We have more invested in these smaller contractors than they do. Mm-hmm. You know, we have more money put up than they've ever put up in, the, in this, mm-hmm. their own business. Um, you know, if you get a small guy and and they're running thirty thousand a month out of their shop account, hey, get some job accounts going. Trust me, and B, uh, that's maybe that's more than they cost them to really start the business in the first place, and they owe us that money right now. Um, so, it's 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 definitely a struggle and a challenge to to keep all that in perspective because
0: you don't ever want to shove that in a customer's face. Have you ever seen someone start super small and then? grow exponentially oh yeah and you got any stories you want to share
1: um you know I, I would just say i don't want to give specific examples because there's there's still customers of ours but you know i would say that you never know where people are going to end up and we talked about this last week at the new manager meeting as well um you really have to treat every single person that walks in the door with integrity with respect with uh, a smile and great service and and you can see people that you've never seen before walk in, and they kind of look around, like, "What is this place I just walked into?" Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of is, homeowners do that. What is this heaven of electrical supplies? You know, um, because somebody's greeting them with a smile. Somebody's, you know, "Hey, how's it going?" They're seeing all the activity going on with us running around pulling orders. If they come in at a busy time, they're like, "This is a happening place. I better get my shit together and <laughs> to
0: get this order right." You know, I even saw um, uh, UPS. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Orange Alert. Uh, it's a customer of ours who, um, he's been coming in like more frequently, more yeah. like paying on time. Well, as long as he has no choice, but yeah. just being a better person, literally giving no problems, not haggling over price. And it's, it's a, it's a weird turnaround because hmm. you want to be a little uh, on your toes yeah. and you want to make sure everything's in order and he's not getting the best of you. But I, I, like you say, you it's interesting to see the start and then see where they are now. I would say I always make it a point to acknowledge
1: everybody that walks in and to, at if I'm stuck at my desk and there's a bunch of people and I, I recognize somebody, or if I've only met them once, I'll wave to them, just make sure that they feel acknowledged. Um, if I'm meeting somebody for the first time, I like to put a name on a tick, every single ticket. That's one of the things we always talk about. So I'll ask them their name and then I'll shake their hand and say, hey, I'm Mike, I'm a manager. Because you never know if this guy is just doing like a side job today, but he's really getting his journeyman's license or he's new to town. Um, man, same with the phone calls. Because anytime they, that phone rings, it could be a new customer. Like literally somebody that just opened their doors. This happened with um, the guy we're having lunch with tomorrow. I don't I don't know if we should use names or not. <laughs> but um, he, he literally called probably six years ago. And I remember the conversation. I answered the phone myself because there were only two other employees at the time. Uh, and he asked if we had an underground wire finder. We did. He came and got it, looked around, gave him a tour of the whole place. And I didn't know he wasn't wearing a shirt. He didn't have a van. He didn't have, it was just him in a pickup truck, Hmm. but he was talking about how, Hey, I just moved up here. I'm going to get started in this company. Um, I'm going to build into something big. And now he's a top five or top 10 customer depending on the month. And that all started with a having the material be knowing we had it and then you know see showing him a great time when he got here and having a warm environment and and being flexible with things when they come up hmm. uh but the internet sales thing i don't think we're quite we we shouldn't we should come back to that i mean what are you what are your thoughts on that moving forward what do you how do you see that playing out in the next as somebody who's coming into this industry as a millennial as somebody just graduated from college um with some outside work experience hoping that this is going to be like a, a
0: long-term career. How do you see this playing out? Well, I mean, it's definitely a next level of uh you're seeing people buy things differently. Uh I mean, people who always price check, but now you're seeing people price check across platforms. Yeah. You've even did you ever hear about the Best Buy scandal? No. They were uh they would have a fake almost um website so if you were trying to price check Best Buy they could essentially go on this fake website and go it doesn't say that it says this and it was just real short and it got brushed under the rug really it was brief yeah um basically you know now you have the ability to hop on Amazon, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever website whatever it is you have and go hey this is this and this is one day away shipping and if you don't have it in your store, then you know that, that you can you got to beat that price or you're going to lose that sale, which isn't always the best. You might not want that type of customer. But Yeah.
1: And we offer credit, you know, we offer delivery, we offer Exactly. Um a lot of intangible things that customers will forget pretty quickly when when they get upset. <laughs> um we offer rebates and cash discounts and and you know, job takeoffs and job site visits. One of my favorite things to do, and this is something you should always remember to do because it's been really impactful for me, is when a customer is upset about something or they're comp- comparing you to their competition and mm-hmm. your competition is not necessarily local, like in the same town. Like say uh, we have a distributor in West Pond that drives all the way up here and makes <laughs> to make stops. Let's say. Yeah, let's say that's a thing where somebody's driving 200 miles to just to drop off a panel. Um So whenever something happens to that customer and they, like, make a comment, like, I'll just go to wherever, you know, distributor X, I'll get in my car and drive over there and be there in, like, 12 minutes or eight minutes sometimes. Or if it's, you know, one customer's right on the corner, like, four minutes. I just be like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I can be here in five minutes if you have a problem. Mm -hmm. Call that guy. And how long is it going to take him to schedule a day to drive up here and spend five minutes with you? And then. Uh, and one thing that Paul mentioned that is, is super, super smart is when you're talking to a customer and they're giving you flack about stock levels or whatever, they don't, they're don't they not buying into what you're saying, especially a new customer you're trying to break, pick up the phone and call your inside guy or call your driver or whatever and be like, hey, man, this customer doesn't believe we have 12 of these disconnects on the show. Can you do me a favor? Can you throw them all on a pallet, wrap it up and bring it over here? Like, like right now? Stop what you're doing and bring them over here? I'll wait. And then... Paul would wait there for 20 minutes, the driver would show up and they'd be like, there's those 12 disconnects all wrapped and beautiful. Where do you want them? Paul would be like, oh no, I just want to show them. We're good, thanks man. <laughs> no invoices, you know, like avoid the ticket or whatever. Like it's really just to prove to the customer, like if you want something, you tell me to stock it, I will stock it for you and I'll bring it out to you when you say you need it so that your business is interrupted.
0: You ever notice that sometimes our services go beyond and we end up tech support for hundreds <laughs> of products? Not installation, but tech support. Hey, what is this? Programming, tech support. <laughs> Programming, certified. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like our services extend, but.
1: That's funny. Just today, I, I had a
0: conference call a customer on the tech support,
1: and I told him, I, I he was on the phone for like six minutes. We were on hold, and I was like, man, I'll call you back once we get connected. And then once he got connected, I called him back, and he got on tech support, and we figured out his problem. And, um, yeah, yeah. Because I don't ever want to be like, well, hey, here's the tech support number you call. Mm-hmm. I want to get all the information I can so I can learn something and then call tech support and then relay it back to them. What sucks is if you don't know all the questions to answer or to ask, then you'll you'll forget like one or two details and then have to call the customer back a few times. That's why I like the whole like get them in on the call at the same time because then you're involved in it and they, they'll hang up the phone. Even if they don't get the answer they want, they'll still be like, wow, CED, like, is my partner in the situation? They're not just dumping me on some tech support, mm-hmm. but that's what Amazon would do. They wouldn't try to figure it out
0: for you. Yes, I believe that hundred uh, percent. As far as the internet, it's just them, not them by themselves. They would have to, can, like, get with another manufacturer or another set of someone to help. You know, not like Whole Foods, like like, like the Whole Foods. You know, yeah. you have someone who's local and can and is local to that area. But, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a big factor if they're not in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. But here, if there was someone here that has, <laughs> as in, okay, so here's a good example. Now they do delivery with um, regular people, which gives them a, a wider range. Now they can just shoot people all in every direction and get your package faster.
1: You're talking about independent
0: independent
1: or drivers, not UPS.
0: Well, did you see that
1: FedEx did not renew their their uh, agreement with Amazon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, after this month, you will not be getting Amazon through FedEx.
0: They say why? Too low margins. Too low margins. Well, I could bite you too as well. Having an independent who, you know, doesn't really care could be gone the next day. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think they said that only eight percent of packages are delivered through FedEx. Most of them are USPS, which I think they saved the post office personally mm-hmm. or UPS. um for now. I think I think you'll see Amazon come out with their own version of FedEx or UPS just for their own delivery system.
0: That would be crazy. I mean, yeah. that would be incredible. But like I say, there's a reason Walmart's still around. It's just Yeah. has has everything. Brick and would, mortar and the online. Ever, would you ever consider their service as as great as another store, you know? Not really. You would <laughs> never put them in the top 3 of service. But they're busy. They are <laughs> But I do, I I like what you, their point. It's technical. You need someone who can be your advisor more than something that could be easily messed up in one day or then you have to wait. We're much more
1: like a tailor building a suit than we are a barista making a cup of coffee. You know, and that's, it's, it's a little more detail oriented it's a little more follow-through
0: it's a little more follow-up of like Man, there's a lot of baristas that'd be offended by that oh, comment. I'm, I'm sorry bring them on <laughs> um, there's some there's some scientists out there it's
1: yeah but you know at starbucks you're gonna get trained to do it exactly the same way everybody else gets trained to do it if you don't then you're gonna get in trouble so um whereas a tailor like it's every everyone's different you know so you can you can custom your experience to the customer walking in the door. And I think that we are what well, we do well at CD beaches Beach is we're a lot of things to a lot of different people. I bet if you called our top ten customers, they would all say something different about us in terms of what they like and don't like about us. And that'd be an interesting
0: experiment to do because um I'd like that feedback. Yeah. I think another thing that really gets me excited, uh, is that it's not this this career isn't something that you go, I did these things to get this, so I went to school or I went and worked at the courthouse to get to law, you know, to be a lawyer, and now I'm a lawyer. And yeah. This is here. I feel like most of the people here had an opportunity, grabbed it, and then they said, wow, I can't believe I'm here and where does this go next? It doesn't, There's the clear path to this career isn't set. It's just, you decide what you're going to do. You decide how far you're going to go. You decide what you're gonna have yeah you decide what you want to sell
1: it's powerful I mean you're literally you're literally in charge of every aspect of the business that you can be um, and you can in more, more ways than you'll realize and, and I won't talk about it now but like you'll be in situations down the road where people in the room are gonna turn to you and be like what do we do and I'm not talking about employees I'm talking about like like in a in a situation where you're in a you're in a credit meeting or something like that and they're like this is your money. What do you want to do? And, and you have to make a decision like, yeah, go after the guy or whatever the situation is based on the context. But, um, I don't know any other business where you're paying other people to come in and they're just really there to consult you and be like, here's all the information. Now, what do you want to do? As if you are the owner of the company. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure, man.
0: Uh, Yeah, it is. Pressure is a privilege. Pressure is a privilege it's also it's also nice to have the decision in your hand and not yeah. someone else's
1: yeah i've talked about it with a few people on this show like like people people that do well in this business they they are the type of people that want the ball at the end of the game you know like they, they they know that they could miss the shot um and they they probably have missed the shot in the past but they're also very confident that this is the
0: time that's going in yeah, you know, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder about that because, like, you get these personalities coming together that are, you know, strong. At what point do you have the crossover where they actually will go get their own business? You know, they actually will go make the decision. I've talked to a lot of people that have the capability and
1: the finances and the the know how and all that stuff. There's something about this company and the people in this company, and and I don't want this to sound like a commercial for C D, That's not the point of it, but. Like, CED is not an electrical supply company. They are investing in people and getting returns out of people. And when you look at it that way, it changes the dynamic. It changes, like, like the meetings we go to with Mike Shapiro. Like, we have the best meetings, man. Like, not on any other division that does the coolest stuff that we do. None. Um, or the, it creates an environment where people are encouraged to get together and hang out versus, like, go to their hotel rooms after dinner, you know. And, um People's
0: mouths hit the floor when we tell them we've been on a cruise together Yeah, as a company or, I mean, yeah. which is lots of companies do it, but within our own division, people's mouths will hit the floor and they hear the kind of things we've done. Paid for by vendors. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Thank you,
1: vendors. Um, and that's, that's huge because th- that's not about like everybody's celebrating a great year or whatever. You're, you're still invited to come if you've not had a great year or you're new or you're a trainee, Um it's about exposing you to other people that have been doing this a lot longer that you can ask questions to. And for some reason,
0: man, I, I've been to a lot of these functions. All we talk about is work.
1: And nobody gets sick of it. Of
0: course well, yeah, you gotta make your relationships. You get I, I finally met someone I had been dealing with over the internet the <laughs> internet over email for months and then I finally saw them face to face. Oh, we're now we're friends. Now when we yeah. talk, oh, they wanna help me, I wanna help them even like faster. Oh, that's my buddy. I saw them last week. Uh, that's how I felt about it. So that is that is really important because when you're in outside
1: sales, you're going to be the face of of that store, that profit center to your customers. Uh, so when you go even starting, when do you start in Atlanta? Monday. Okay, so when you, on Monday, mm-hmm. you're going to have a couple weeks to get used to it and move into the next phase and all that stuff like David did here. But um, at some point, you're going to go out and call on new customers that may or may not have ever heard of CED. Some will, some won't. Some, some will be gimme's and some will be house accounts trying to convert. But some will be brand new accounts. And at some point, it's important that you stop selling Nick and start selling CED Atlanta um, or, or in our case, CED Vero Beach. Like, you want to be selling the system because Nick's not always going to be available. I'm not always going to be available. Um, so I want to sell the fact that you can call anybody here or text the store at our text-to-chat, text-to-order <laughs> number and get a response in a reasonable amount of time and, and have your services and needs met because anytime you're relying on one person to get something done, you run, run the risk that they're on, on vacation, they're sick, they're in the bathroom, they're on the phone, like whatever it is. And the customer, you don't want the customer to be upset. So when you're going out and making these calls, but the point of all this is to say like, bring that inside guy out, bring somebody else out, bring the manager out. Like always have, you should always have another reason to go back. First of all. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and the more people you can bring out and introduce, man, it changes the relationship. It really does. And uh, when they find that there's other people that they can trust, yeah, you can just see it go over their face like, "Oh, thank, thank God, you know what you're doing." And then they go, "I, I, I, I deal with this person, and now I deal with this person." Yeah. And then it just kind of builds their trust, and then they can branch out into more um, people who could, who they know can take care of it. Um, I found that myself when I first started. I didn't know anything. So people were like, eh, you better go grab someone who knows something. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, then at a point I just, you know, I'm not going to grab anybody. You, you tell me what you want. Yeah. And I'll figure it out quickly. And I just learned. Uh, pace picked up. People started trusting me. And now they won't even go, hey, get that person. They'll yeah. just start shooting off <laughs> what they know. Even if I don't know it, I'll go figure it out. Well, the important thing is to get somebody else up there to help them and then stand back and listen. Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen trainees, not in this store, but in other locations where they're like, oh, okay, I got this guy helping them. I'm going to go back to what I was doing. That's the wrong move every time. Like you have an opportunity to learn something new, you know, like, so bring the, ne- bring the expert up, but then st- take a step back and listen and take notes and be like, try to think about what's that person's thought process to translate what that customer's saying into an actual part number. Or who's he going to call after this and see if he can be involved in the whole process? I mean, that's that's kind of the whole game of this is it's complicated, it's multifaceted, and I think that's why Amazon's going to struggle to come into it. No matter you know, if they, even if they bought like a like a HD Supply or
0: Granger or you know one of these big companies. Yeah, you know that that's a great point because some of those companies are primarily their presence is all online. Yeah, and no one would think about them first. I've been to the Granger location in in Melbourne, uh-huh and not
1: to not to badmouth them or whatever, but like literally they're there to like point people to their website. They have a very limited amount of stock at their counter and they're basically like, hey, if you don't hear see it here it's then online. then it's all online and we just have a warehouse to facilitate things coming in from online out to the local people. but he was excited when we came in at CED Palm Bay because he was like, dude, people come in here all the time looking for stuff. we don't have anything. <laughs> give me your card. So we gave him like a stack of business cards and now he's <laughs> put me out of business. <laughs> he, well, he, wa- his, he wants to help people. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody needs something today, like it's so often as the case and he doesn't have it, it's, it's, it's a lot better for him to say, you can go to these people and they'll take care of you. than to say, I got nothing for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, that's another thing I always do. If, if I call somebody and they don't have it, I always ask like, but do you know who I should call versus just, okay, thanks and hang up,
0: man. I think, uh, and to your point, CD is not only great based on that, but I was online looking at a top 10 distributors and we were number six, but yet we had the most interest in bio. It was pretty much empty. Yeah. <laughs> and they had everyone's listing, all oh, their net sales. They did this last year. their growth. Yeah. Empty. And somehow we're still in the top 10.
1: So how do they know we're number six? They're just exactly.
0: guessing. I, that's why we're the most interesting. We're the most sought after. Everyone yeah. wants to know what we're doing. And I mean it's so simple. You just come and find you come in here and you have a great experience. We don't put you don't tell you, oh go go here. We usually have it. <laughs> right. If we don't, oh we'll have it drop where you're going. Where where are you going? Oh, we'll have it there by the time you get there.
1: Well, I think I think your experience in Bureau nah, maybe this is just not being naive again, but I think it's pretty unique that that we've got such a young group of individuals here that are so service oriented because of the culture that's been been built here, you might go to Atlanta and find that it's totally different. It might be a lot more laid back. It might be a lot more complacent. There's there's locations even within our division where you walk in there, it doesn't have the same feel. It's very laid back. It's very like, I'll get there when I can kind of a thing. Um, and that's there's just like there's a lot of restaurants like that where you walk in, you're waiting six minutes at the hostess stand for somebody to say hi to you when you should have already been at a table with a drink in your hand. You know what I mean? Um And even some chain restaurants there'll be locations within those that that fail to meet the standards of those other locations and uh so it's something for you to think about when you get your own location is like who do you want to be you know that's the question pete moore asked at the at the meeting last week um who do you want to be and then you know craft a vision of what that's actually going to look like so that you can have something to go after i think that's that's incredibly important and often overlooked is people just keep showing up every day without a vision
0: yeah, I think that's important, especially uh, not only knowing who you want to be, but choosing who you want to deal with <laughs> or who you don't want to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, there's nothing worse than someone who's going to fight you tooth and nail when you're just trying to help, you know, you're just, trying yeah. to, you're trying to help them make money. You want to make money. You want to service them. You want to make sure the end user is satisfied. Right. But yet. Yeah, just pulling teeth out
1: we're we're a means to an end for people and it's sometimes we get wrapped up in our whole our own world and our own environment and we forget that like this customer needs to get what he needs from us and move on with his life like we're not we're not he's not coming to ced to come to ced he's coming to ced to to fill a need that he has (laughs) like he needs something that's you know, just the same. I think I, I can't remember who I was telling this to. The same reason that people don't go to the store and buy a quarter inch drill bit to have a quarter inch drill bit, they do it because they need a quarter inch hole in something. We're that drill bit. We're the thing that they need to get the job done to put the hole where they need it. And and that can be often overlooked um, because in our world, it's everything. Like we are the center of our own universes and mm-hmm. um, the actor of our own movie. Yeah, and they're coming here to to be a part of our show but really they're just getting here to get their shit and get out of here you know and that's that's an important reminder sometimes to bring you down and make you a little more humble
0: you can see people walk in with this with the you know dim look shoulders held low as soon as someone starts blabbing at the counter yeah you know cheering them up hey have you had some ice cream today seven o'clock in the morning yeah and then it, it don't matter. Just anything and everything. They'll come in and you see them leave with a smile, laughing, full. They'll leave. They'll leave with their belly full. You you don't get that going in everywhere. No, even strangers. Like when we, I love when we have like a Friday,
1: our Friday counter day every week, and then like some COD customer walk in and be like, "Oh man, get in on that! Like, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Really? I can have really? some? Yeah, it's free. Mm-hmm. What's the catch?" It's like, "No, man, help us eat this
0: food that we <laughs> That's the catch.
1: Yeah, I mean that that. I said said this last week it always feels like I'm repeating myself when I say things too closely in the same time period but like man we're trying to create this environment where and and because I understand it's actually easier to do it every single Friday than to pick and choose a Friday it actually is easier because the momentum builds on it and people get more involved the more you do it and then all of a sudden it's like it's just the way we do things we've been doing Friday barbecues here for almost two years now
0: Hmm. what episode is this?
1: Uh, this will be either episode 42 or 43.
0: So you've been doing the luncheons longer than the podcast or podcast longer than luncheons?
1: Probably just about as long. Yeah, I would say just about as long because the podcast started in 2017. Okay. I took a year off to open Bombay, <laughs> well, Now I'm back. <laughs> now you're back. I'm back with a vengeance. Um, I have another episode that I'm going to edit up and put it, put in. So I don't know which, which one it'll fall into. It's either 42 or 43
0: okay yeah
1: but um you also wanted to talk about uh tariffs and how that relates to our industry and um really quickly like what would you say from somebody who's been in the business for a year how do you see the tariffs rolling out and what's the impact of it
0: a lot of a lot of uh chaos (laughs) it really is the amount of uh emails i get about something that's not happened yet is remarkable i Every day I get June or you know whatever date it is. Two weeks we're gonna have them. Yeah. In one week we're gonna have them, which is just preparation, and understand. But at a point you go, what will they be? Not an estimate. You know how much you're gonna charge. Right. Because they already know how much the the raw material costs. Just just go ahead and you know not let it be a secret. Not slowly. You know I don't need to be spoon fed. <laughs> It says, I don't know, that's how I feel about it. And then products that don't even have anything related to, like, with metal or copper going up as well. Yeah. You just see it as a nice uh, uh, collaborative price fix. That's how I see it. Well,
1: it's- So one thing that people often interpret is that they think that we're charging China these tariffs. Right? Well, no, they have to charge us
0: more to get the stuff here. Correct. Mm-hmm.
1: But most people think that we're charging China these tariffs and really it's it's whoever's buying the material that's coming in from the ports is, is the one paying more for it. So in our situation, it would be manufacturers in like California or, or wherever they are and they're passing that increase on to us. We're mm-hmm. passing it on to our customers who's passing it on to the general contractor who's passing it on to the customer, the end user. And that's like the clean way to do it. Actually, usually you have manufacturers and then a rep and then us and then the electrician and then the general contractor and then the end user.
0: Um, <laughs> and there you have them and then the manufacturer, then the rep, then us mm-hmm. and then another distributor. Right. And then a customer.
1: You're right. So, I mean, the, these these tariffs, whether they're 15% or 10% whatever, by the time it gets to the customer, it's, it's a significant increase. It's not 15% anymore. And it is a tax on... Anybody that imports, for good reason. I'm all mm-hmm. about bringing jobs back to this country. I'm all about bringing industry back to this country. I think it'd be great. I think we can do it as a country. I think we deserve to have those businesses here and never should have let them go in the first place. Um, but we're in that painful time in American history where the factories haven't been built, mm-hmm. the people haven't been trained, the materials all in China, wherever it is. And we're not able to create the things that that they can um, with the efficiency and the speed, so we're going to pay the increase until we figure that out. And that's okay. that's the gamble the gamble that uh, the administration right now is running is how high do we need to get these tariffs before people start making factories and building it here? Yeah,
0: and we're not, and I feel like they're not promoting it appropriately. Uh, they like to say globalism, let's all join together. Yeah, but if we were in a fair market competing against other countries, it, it, it would we would be destitute it wouldn't be much to go around if we had to compete with someone of a you know we're not gonna just a developing country yeah um
1: it's been it's been chaotic for us too because you know we have jobs that we bid nine months 12 months ago and now people are calling saying hey order this and you can't order it at those prices and then you have to have this really uncomfortable conversation of like Man, that lighting quote you told me to order, I appreciate the order, but it's gone up 15%. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we going to do? And they're looking at you like, well, what do you mean? You quoted it. Here we are. You knew the job wasn't going to quote. And it's like, yeah, but I might have factored in 5% for annual price increases. I did not factor in 15% plus
0: that 5%. And that happened, you know, all on, would, would you say it was threatened a month, a month to three months before it actually happened? Yeah. That was quicker than your quote was. Yeah. Well, it, fortunately for us, it's national news. It was
1: so we can't be. We're not like, oh, it's just Lutron or oh, it's just Leviton or whatever. It's no anybody that's important things for China, which is everybody, um, is is having the same issue.
0: You ever hear a customer who thinks they're. You know like it's a big conspiracy and it's just yeah like, oh, oh you're just trying to raise prices yeah it's, it's us. Not, yeah yeah it's it's, it's it's mike burkhart it's C E D real beach <laughs> i know you run world affairs you don't yeah <laughs> you don't fool me i've seen your passport
1: you know anybody listening that you know we've been trying to be very fair about um if we have it in stock we're gonna sell it at the pre-tariff prices so we've had customers that come in and be like, how many of these do you have? I know it's going up. How many do you have on the shelf? I want to buy them all. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe the product already has gone up. And we say, because we, we can look at our FIFO layers and say, hey, we own these at the pre-tariff cost. We'll sell them to you, even though the placement cost is higher. but you got to buy them all. And they'll buy the whole pallet of fixtures or three pallets or whatever it is.
0: Um, yeah, the gas companies, <laughs> they play by their own rules. Yeah. <laughs> That's not us. We have the ability to influence our own pricing
1: and make decisions for our customers. That is, to my knowledge, unparalleled in this industry.
0: Um, so, Pretty you're moved- much in business.
1: In business, yeah. A lot of businesses, not much lesser industry. Like, I don't know any business that could do what we do in terms of.
0: Not many people have this much creation or ability to change anything on a day's whim. Like, yeah. we need to bring this in. We will now make this a new product. We will now advertise what we want to advertise. Yeah. And we'll have parties and... <laughs> parties? You mean events, work events?
1: Work events and, uh, you know, take customers out and do crazy things with customers that nobody else can do. And, you know, there's also with the tariffs, is this new tax law about regarding um, corporate uh, expenditures on dinners and lunches and outings and things like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of companies, especially in our industry, are pulling back on those events. They're saying like, hey, no more lunches, no more golf or whatever. That frees up this whole opportunity for us to come in and be like... Oh, I'll take you to lunch twice this week now because instead of going to lunch with me and the guy from City, now it's just me. Mm-hmm. I'm doubling down on that time. I'm doubling down on these events because whether you get a 50% reimbursement or a 0% reimbursement, that's time with your customer that no one's going to get um, an opportunity to do like you, you know, like you can on a golf course or at lunch. Um, it's huge, and it, and so that's that's one way to look at problems. Being oh, they changed the tax code so that we're not getting these deducted from our taxes. to – Nobody's getting these deducted from the taxes. They're mm-hmm. all shrieking away from it. Let's double down and do it more
0: than everybody else. Man, I've heard I heard that you get um, more information just based off more Facetime. Not even that how you know you could be very good at what you do. Yeah. But just being in front of that customer will get you uh, more info, more ideas of what's going on in their life, more jobs going around because they might just be having chit chat with you. Yeah. And then they say, Oh, I'm working on this. It's huge. You just fell into a, a new opportunity. It's
1: everything, man. That is like literally the playbook is to be in front of customers at, and then hope that you're there at the right time. But you'll never know or you'll never ever be there at the right time if you're not there on a regular basis. And that's why that's why the outside sales position still exists and is still strong. And it's, that's why it's a whole year and a half of your program uh speaking of that transition what plans do you have moving forward like what do you
0: really quickly what do you want to accomplish in in
1: atlanta in the next year and a half
0: well first thing and just life in general i'll get my family back i'll get my not that i lost them but you get You've been living in two different houses yeah yeah i mean just you get everything combined in one i get hours of sleep back yeah um so then, that you no know, more driving to Gainesville. Yeah, no more driving long distance. So you get a life's nice work-life balance, mm-hmm. and once that gets corrected, a lot of other things can get corrected in life. You know, from how your attitude is at work, from how you see things when you go back home and get off work, how tired you are. Yeah, it affects everything. And as far as like the company, everything in my life is just moving forward. You know, you never want to be stagnant. Yeah, you never want to just um oh, I'm fine right here this will do yeah (laughs) so i'm just looking to push forward uh i've been trying to make my goals more long-term than short-term that's a thing i've been going on about Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to say i'll do this in a few months yeah but three five years and you know uh i you know possibilities are endless in my opinion you know there's jobs here that just get created and Oh, we need someone to do this. Yeah. I I look forward into seeing, you know, what I can create. Uh, I look forward to seeing a new industry. And my main goal is just a a learning uh, commercial. You know, I feel like I'm not exposed to it as much. Mm -hmm. But once I get to Atlanta, I really want to have an understanding of large jobs, large management, um, you know, anything that, you know, I want my numbers high. <laughs> yeah. I'm a numbers guy. I want to I wanna be able to look at something and break it down and go, it's not as complicated as I thought. It's, you know, this is simple. I got this. I've always said that
1: doing the math on something makes me more confident. So the more you can run the numbers, look at them again, run them again, make sure you didn't mess something up, run it again just to be safe. And then as soon as I've got the math figured out, I'm like, I'm 100% go. Mm-hmm. if math doesn't work it doesn't work but if, if, if it works and it works three or four times yeah. and it, I've tried you know you buffer in some factors to make sure I'm 100% in because now you have the confidence that it's going to work out just fine
0: yeah plus I'm moving to the city man you can't imagine what kind of characters I'm going to run into
1: right yeah man I, I think that I, I, I want to end with uh, some gratitude and just appreciating that uh, you spent a year with us here in Vero a year and a couple months um And I think you had a positive impact here. I think you changed some things. You helped us develop some programs, and and definitely, hopefully, you got a lot out of it as well.
0: Um, Yeah, man. I want to thank you for having me, inviting me on the podcast, you know, taking care of me. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, that's what you do, like, service, man, (laughs) between your customers, your employees. That's what I, I, you know, I feel very included. Uh, That's probably the best thing about CED, man. Never felt. Uh, So included in a company, never felt that, you know, you can call up the head guy, you have his cell phone number, Yeah, you know, and he will talk to you and he wants to go on trips with you and he wants to guide you, (laughs) you know, and help you grow. As That's not something that's ordinary. Usually there's a buffer.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've met the whole, the president of the whole company, uh, two or three, maybe four times at at Forecast. That's ridiculous. Nobody else can say that. Who does that happen to? Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully it keeps coming, and we'll be there to forecast you're a part of in the near future. Have <laughs> to be an undercover boss to get that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, maybe we all are. You know, yeah. maybe we're all part of that. But yeah, man, appreciate it. Wish you the best of luck in Atlanta, and uh, don't be a stranger. Check in. I know that uh, we'd love to hear from you. I know Lisa would love to hear from you. And uh, wish you the best of luck, and good luck to you and your family. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show.